Episode 898. First-year Green Bay Packers general manager Brian Gutekind sent a message on Tuesday. Sow seeds of discontent and you could be next on the trading block. Trade deadline edition of Railbird Central coming up next. Good evening, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central on Cheesehead TV, coming to you live from Wisconsin's capital city in Madison, here at Beerock Bar and Restaurant. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, joined by my co-host, Ben Hofferman. Ben, how are you doing today? I feel sparkly. Do you feel like you're on the trading block? No. No, <laughs> you, got, you got someone in line? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to trade you up for another yeah. co-host. Oh, okay. Well, have fun with that ninth-round pick, or whatever you're going to get for me. <laughs> that and a uh, uh, sweaty ball bag or something. That, that's <laughs> baseball. To, you can, you, do you have any idea what you just said? <laughs> We're already going off you the rails. Sweaty ball bag. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, what transpired today. So, two days after a Green Bay Packers 29-27 to loss to the Los Angeles Rams, the Packers made two moves at the trade deadline and literally almost right at the deadline, less than an hour before the deadline comes and goes, the Packers make two moves. They send HaHa Clinton Dix to Washington for a fourth-round choice in 2019. They send running back Ty Montgomery to the Ravens for a seventh-round pick in 2020. Just in general, Ben, what what is your reaction to the Packers making two moves here on Tuesday? I think the uh, the Montgomery one is, that is everyone's favorite thing to just muse about and come up with conspiracy <laughs> theories. The Clinton Dix one was uh, a little more surprising. I think what happens sometimes is Adam Schefter like accidentally tweets something, and then like an organization sees it's like Adam Schefter is reporting like Dix has been traded to Washington, and the Packers are like, we did, and then like. They're just like, oh, sorry, ha ha, pack it up. You know, like I swear, whatever he says, like he could just rewrite history. But I, I don't know. It's it was it was juicy. There's a lot of drama today. I wasn't was. surprised, not because uh, I saw it coming, but because I'm a a, a nine hundred two one zero reboot fan. And when I saw Silver try to fraudulently inseminate herself with her gay friend Seaman, I became literally incapable of surprise. It's a great episode. You a fan? <laughs> I no, golly. I'll plead ignorance on that one. It was great. Oh, that's a good show. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the chips report eventually, but we got to dig more into this, uh, uh, these trades here today. And, and I want to get to uh, the, the Ty Montgomery thing in particular because, of course, as everyone knows now, Ty Montgomery fumbled with less than two minutes to go on a kickoff in the game the Packers lost on Sunday. And, uh, I mean, everybody know If you're listening to this podcast, you know this. I don't have That's to, That's the like, whole reason they're listening. Yes. I just, they just they can't get enough of people just, like, hating this man. Yeah, so, anyway, after the game, Michael Silver of NFL.com writes this article, and he quotes a anonymous Packers player. But, I mean, this is a guy who's covered the NFL for years and years. He, you, you take him at his word that he's not just making this up out of thin air. He actually quoted a you know, a Packers player. We just don't know who, but he says, quote, 
speaking of Ty Montgomery here, quote, they took him out the previous drive for a play, and he slammed his helmet and threw a fit. Then before the kickoff, they told him to take a knee, and he ran it out anyway. You know what? That was him saying, I'm going to do me. It's a expletive joke. I mean, what the expletive are you doing? We've got Aaron Rodgers, the best I've ever seen, and you're going to take that risk? I mean, it's 12. All you got to do is give him the ball, and you know what's going to happen. End quote. So, Ben, I mean, did did Ty Montgomery lose the trust of his teammates when he did that? This is This is like... Such a deep level. First of all, I want to know who who's the deep throw. Like that's the juiciest <laughs> part, you know. Like who's the one that let this out? And how does he like not get quoted? Like, does he is he really tight? Like you, you it's got to be someone who's a little, who, who, like a veteran of some sort, right? Because if it's just some some scrub, they would be like, oh, this scrub said this, right? And he'd be like, hey, don't tell him. He'd be like, shut up, you know. Like, but I don't know what. What was the original question? This is crazy. I've heard that quote like a hundred times, but not not with the. Uh, I like the way you said expletive in there. <laughs> yeah, I, it makes it more interesting. We're making this family friendly because then here. You, your your mind kind of runs, and for a second there, you're like, it wasn't an f bomb; it was something else, you know. And you're like, mad living it. They are indeed f bombs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think I feel like is that why you think they let him go? It can't. It, I think it, you know, what, what happened Sunday played into it. I, I don't think they had to trade him. I think he could have overcame this, but I think it's they thought be the in the fallout afterwards. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't think they, they're just like, it's probably in your own best interest to start somewhere, you know, get a fresh start somewhere new because you are going to be remembered for this forever in Green Bay. He, he, you don't think he would have? Uh kick the game-winning field goal next week like Mason Crosby did. Like we, Everyone wanted to do the same thing with him. McCarthy right now, he's, he's the next one. He's got to go. Like Everyone is so reactionary in the NFL. But I feel like both these moves, Montgomery and Dix, they don't really change our team a whole lot. No, I, so I would agree like, there. It, it's just more stuff to talk about, and like for whatever reason they got rid of him. Like, I don't know, it was just coincidental. This just helps us like decide, like, yeah, Aaron Jones should be getting the ball. It's one less guy to, like, get in the way out there okay now now we got we had the quote from michael silver and the anonymous packers player now i want to read you a quote from ty montgomery this was in his media availability on monday a day after the game uh when he held his own press conference so ty montgomery says quote the most disappointing thing is the fact that now it's inside uh it's tough for me to trust anyone now Guys talking about how they can trust me, it's tough for me to trust anyone now. With that being said, people are sending messages to my wife. People are making comments on posts about my son. I'm getting phone calls. People are offering their houses to stay at because apparently people are making threats online. I'm thoroughly pissed off at the state of humanity right now. That's all I can really say about that. Okay, you don't get to you don't get to be pissed off about the state of humanity because people are mad at you for playing football based on some of the more recent news, all right? People are are being shot, okay? Like that's going a little too far. But also I like the things But that if he, he is receiving threats. Notice the in the quote, I mean, okay. First of all, he's like people are making comments on the internet. Have you ever been on the internet? <laughs> Honestly, like you can't go to YouTube. you go into YouTube and you like you can search for like cat yawning and like the first thing is going to be like you're I don't know I can't even say something it. vile right it's just going to be vile 
and now you're you're upset about the state of humanity. Anyway, no, I I agree. Like people go way too far with that stuff. No, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be carrying it that. People are fanatics. It's insane. Yeah. And then like on the even on the opposite side of things, people are still fanatical. Like John Kuhn tweeted something out about how like you got to be unconditional with your fandom and if you're jumping on the, the yeah. team now maybe you're not a fan and it, i just watched it just get like after like it was like just ratcheting up in the thousands and it's like <laughs> no you, you shouldn't be fanatics nothing should be unconditional all right you're not my grandma okay she gets my unconditional support not someone playing football right if you start to stink maybe i don't care anymore when star wars came out with the prequels yeah, I was done. All right, I don't. Need, you don't need to be unconditional. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Packers did not get very much in return. A, a seventh round pick in twenty twenty—that's about the lowest compensation you can possibly get. So, I mean, it's not like they were holding out for something better with Ty Montgomery. No, I don't even know. But, uh, I like in the uh, quote too about the uh, from. From Deep Throat, there, where he talks about Aaron Rodgers is twelve. It's twelve, man. It's twelve. Like, he, like he's Prince or Cher. Like, people are going crazy about Aaron Rodgers. That's been going on a long time. Yeah, I know. But it <laughs> gave me a break. So Aaron Rodgers gets the ball at the end. There, you think we win? We're two weeks from a kicker who couldn't make anything. Aaron Rodgers is fifteenth in the league in touchdowns. Like I mean, he's not exactly like. Yeah, I want. I like our chances, but. I would People say are taking it as a foregone conclusion, yeah, which is insane. I would say there would have been about a 50-50 chance they win. I mean, the good thing is is that all they got to do is get in field goal range. They don't right. necessarily need a touchdown. It doesn't sound as good when you're like, come on, man, it's 12. It would have been a 50-50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's me being rational. Right, yeah. No. But, and then Montgomery's all mad at this guy, right, because he he's, he's saying this, right, and he can't trust someone like, like they're in the army, like they're, or they're a high wire act. What do you mean you can't trust him? What's he gonna do? Like, you know what I mean? You're playing football. How much trust do you need? And then, okay, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I got so many. You can't even make sense of it. It's just a, a log in your head of nonsense. All right, haha, Clinton Dix, uh, fourth round pick. Um, you know, had had he left in free agency. You know, had the Packers already decided we're not going to re-sign HaHa Clinton Dix, we're going to let him test the market. You know, he signed somewhere else. It's possible the Packers probably get in the realm of a fourth-round pick in 2020. Um, you know, maybe a third rounder, maybe a fifth rounder, somewhere in that area. Uh, but by trading them now, they get a fourth-round pick in 2019, the next draft. So I, I think from that perspective, it's pretty shrewd move. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I haven't been wowed by his performance. You got to start looking at where he's at contractually and where his future lies. It's not so much that he's not a, a functional player. You know, he hasn't been wowing me, but he serves a purpose. But yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get what you can at the time, and it starts to make it look like the season's kind of uh, going a different direction. Yeah. We're not pushing towards the playoffs. We're kind of looking ahead already. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the Packers do at the safety position going forward. We'll talk more about that a little bit later because that's definitely something to examine and dive into here. That could definitely be interesting. Um, Because we're trying to stay on schedule here and uh, we're trying to talk to Scott McKenna a little bit. Good luck. We just just traded J.K. Scott for a ham sandwich. (laughs) We're going to dive into our chips report and we'll probably – 
seeing as there's more important things to talk about, we'll, we'll do an abbreviated version here. But your weekly chips report, your cow chips, your, your blue chips, your red chips, your cow chips. So the best of the best, the, the, ta- the cream of the crop, the best players from Sunday's game, uh, your blue chip players, one of them goes to rookie cornerback, first-round draft pick Jair Alexander. Your thoughts on his play? He was fantastic. Um, I'm going to give... I'm going to give partial credit to an officiating crew that refused to, to call any penalties. There was four <laughs> penalties. Two of them were pre-snap, and one of them was an intentional delay of game. All right, there was one holding penalty. That's the only time they blew the whistle, or threw a flag, I should say. And, and they were getting away with a lot of holding. They were being able to play very physical, which yeah. I, you could see the confidence he was playing with. He was still playing great, yeah. but like, it really helps a lot when you're able to yeah. disrupt a receiver like that. I didn't see anything that I no? thought would have been called on him necessarily. I, I, I saw mean, a couple of times where he... Physical, but I'm not sure I saw grabbing. No? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could take a second look at the film. But your final stat line for Jair Alexander, seven tackles. And, and the amazing thing here is the five passes broken up. That, that is a ton for yeah, that's a insane. defensive back. That, that's crazy. And then he broke up the ball in the end zone to Cooks, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was an amazing play there, too. Prevented a touchdown, Yeah, arguably. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it would have been a tough one, but, yeah, he, yeah. he played great. Good job for the rookie. Your other blue chip player from this game, wide receiver Devontae Adams. He played well. He's the, he's the main threat, and uh, he stepped it up. He's, a, he's the one that they always got to watch out for. He had one catch in the first half. But, you know, our offense was, was pretty sluggish in the, in the first half, but he ended up with five grabs, a ton of yards, and uh, he's making plays happen. Yeah, the final stat line, five catches, 133 yards. That's a 26.6-yard average, which is remarkable, a long 48. I get it. You probably want a few more catches than five out of your number one wide receiver. But when he did get the ball and he had two catches, two long catches over 40 yards that both set up touchdowns. I mean, he only had seven targets. It's yeah. not like it's his fault that he only got five grabs. True, true. It's more, more of uh, how our offense was clicking, and I think uh, – We'll be talking about play calling and things like that coming up. But, yeah, he played good. Your red chip players, the good, maybe not great. One of them, defensive lineman Kenny Clark, who came up with five tackles on the day, two sacks for a loss of 12 yards, and three quarterback hits. Pretty good line for the native Californian playing in front of uh, friends and family. Yeah, that guy's a load, and he really set the, uh, the line of scrimmage. It, he allowed us to get that consistent pressure on Goff that allowed our secondary to play more aggressive. They didn't have to worry about long plays and uh, really set the tone up front. Those goal line stands with him and Martinez were fantastic. Yeah. Really good. And, and speaking of Martinez, I'll just get to him right away because he's the other red chip player from this game. Blake Martinez had a team leading 12 tackles, one sack for 10 yards, two tackles for a loss, and, of course, the one quarterback hit being the sack. Uh, but, yeah, uh, he cleaned up a lot of uh, stuff on, on Sunday. Yeah, and he was playing aggressive. You know, you can sometimes you can get one of those misleading stat lines, but he wasn't. He was playing aggressive, and he had the, the toughest task out there, which is following Todd Gurley around. That guy's straight out of Tecmo Bowl. The guy's a freak. <laughs> and, you know, it's like watching Christian Okoye come right out of the cartridge, and, and he was all over him. You know, he – Gurley's going to get his yards. There's nothing you can do about that. But Martinez yeah. shut him down a little bit. 
Yeah, um, a lot of people might argue Blake Martinez needs to be kept clean in order to make plays, and I, I you know, he was on Sunday kept clean for the most part, but he did his job. Yeah. And he was quick. The sack he had on the blitz, too, I thought was perfectly timed. And he beat a blocker on that. That was yeah, a good play. That was no cheapy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Your cow chip players now. And well, who's this going to be? Yeah. I, I think we can all agree that one of them's Ty Montgomery. And I'll set you up here. And this has more to do than just the uh, the uh, the kickoff uh, fumble. Uh, he did nothing in either the passing or the running game. I mean, he didn't get a lot of chances, but he did nothing. He made an error on a uh, pass pass protection in the fourth quarter. Not the last possession the Packers had, but I believe the penultimate. Yeah. Maybe it was. Uh, but anyway, he whiffed on whoever it he was. He didn't even go for it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a whiff. It it's, was just like his head wasn't in the game. Yeah, which is, he didn't see it or thought he was is good, it, is a yeah. assignment with somebody else or something. Yeah. yeah. But so that ended up in a sack. and um, But then the, the fumble on the kick return, it goes beyond it's also, not, yeah. <laughs> the decision itself. So... I mean, the Packers, have they take a knee? You know, they, this is no longer five years ago when you get the ball at the 20. You get the extra five yards, which is considerable considering the Packers only have to get into field goal range. So the extra five yards is and nothing to sneeze at. And for the juicy at. part. Hit them with the juicy part. <laughs> and the, the juicy part is the timeout situation because, or I mean the two-minute warning because they would have had an extra two-minute warning you know, but instead he takes it out and it goes beyond two minutes and the time, you know. You get that one free play yeah. where you don't have to worry about the time. So the whole playbook's open. Yeah. Which just opens, you know, makes number 12, makes 12 that much more dangerous. Um, he clearly didn't know the situation. Um, and then, yeah, that, such a boneheaded play. And then the aftermath, uh, the whole Sarah Huckabee Montgomery <laughs> thing where he's just passing the the buckets like, oh, I didn't. You know, yeah. it's not that I went out there and disobeyed my coach's order. It's that I was an idiot. And it's like, oh, no, it wasn't that I was an idiot. I, he was right on the fringe, and I didn't want to make the refs have to make that, that call. And it's like it, he just kept passing yeah. around. It's like just say I made a mistake. Yeah. Just made it that much worse. It, it is weird because I don't know how much, like, it was mandated. Was he mandated by the coaches not to take it out? It doesn't sound like that. Is that more like a general rule of thumb? Uh, but, but, I mean, maybe you blame the coaches for that. Maybe they should have mandated he. I mean, McCarthy said the plan was to kneel on Everybody it. should know you don't run it out there. The longest <laughs> return in the whole game was 27 yards. Yeah. Like, it doesn't the, – the risk-reward there is it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like it's like taking your whole life savings and buying lottery tickets. Yeah, I mean, you you can't count. If he thinks he's talented enough to take it to the house or even have a long return, like he greatly overestimates his ability. And the smart thing is to just take it and play it safe. Well, why, if you're that good, then do it on the next play when <laughs> yeah. uh, Rodgers takes it from center. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, your other couch chip player, we, we could have made. Uh, arguments. There are dishonorable mentions here for Byron Bell, for Haha Clint Dix, for Jermaine Whitehead, but I'm going with punter J.K. Scott, who uh, largely on the effort of his, what was it, a 25-yard punt late in the game that gave the Rams, you know, a possession at midfield and had a, a touchback to boot this day. Yeah, that was that was really unfortunate because that. To change the, the complexion of the whole game there. 
not much you can do on the defensive end when you put them right in field goal range and that's all they need so yeah that was bad i i do i do like your dishonorable mention uh, better byron bell or even lane taylor i thought they were i i almost give lane taylor benefit of the doubt and from the fact that most of the time he was facing aaron donald which yeah that's that's a tall order and, yeah. and you got sue over the nose tackle i mean that yeah. you knew it was there was going to be some bad plays yeah yeah uh not that not i mean there, 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 there were times where plays. lane taylor looked bad regardless but i yeah. mean so there, there, there was many players we could have given a cow chip to, but uh, J.K. Scott gets the distinction for. And let's not trade him, okay? He's playing all right, people. <laughs> don't. You could argue about whether he was deserving of a fifth-round draft choice, though, and yeah. getting rid of last year's punter, who was fairly decent himself. Yeah, that was weird. It was a little bit weird, and now it's looking a little questionable as time goes on. Yeah. We got bigger fish to fry. We got the whole uh, return gate thing. Is that how we're going to do it? How are we going to get gate on the end of this? Is it return gate? Is it kickoff gate? Is it yeah. Montgomery gate? I don't know. Gummy gate? <laughs> Very shortly, we're going to be talking to Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog. He's going to be our interview guest. First, a word from our sponsor. Railbird Central is unsurprisingly sponsored by Beer Rock Craft Beer Bar and Restaurant in Madison, where on Wednesday, October 31st, B-Rock will transform into Moe's Tavern, inspired by The Simpsons. We'll be featuring a beer and food pairing of One Barrel Brewing's Breakfast Beer Imperial Coffee Stout, alongside a pink-frosted donut with sprinkles you frequently see Homer eating on the animated television show. That's brought to us by Hertz Donut in nearby Middleton, also on Wednesday night, there will be 24 lines of Duff and Fud beer on tap, the Flaming Mo, and yes, it will be lit on fire. So make sure to stop by and see what it's like to visit Springfield. Would you like to visit Most Tavern, Ben? I'm going to. <laughs> Just wait till you see me tomorrow, all right? You might be embarrassed to be related to me. Yes. Uh, we encourage customers to dress up as their uh, favorite Simpsons character. The staff will be. I, I, I almost feel like we should keep it a secret about who we're going to be dressed up as. Can I give them a hint? Sure. I will be thrusting. Thrust. <laughs> I know who that is. But for those other, uh, we'll let everybody else find out for themselves. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly to talk to Scott McKenna. Be right back. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? Railbird Central is back on Cheesehead TV, and right now we're talking to Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog. Scott, you're live at Beer Rock. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Brian. Good to hear the voice, man. Good to hear yours as well. We're happy to have you on the show. And, and Scott, your reaction off the bat, uh, we'll, we'll get to Ha Ha Clint Dix in a moment, but let's start with the Ty Montgomery trade. What did you make of that? Did you think the Packers had to make that trade at the deadline today? Um, or were you in the category where they, they should have kept uh, hung on to him? Well, I thought they absolutely had to move on from him. I mean, I, in my opinion, it was just complete insubordination uh and what he did on sunday was was truly a colossal disaster it was uh you know caused in my opinion for for an immediate termination of his status on the roster and uh completely unacceptable unacceptable um 
you know, not only to, to take the ball out of the end zone, when I think every person in America was pining to see Rodgers with the football in his hands and just over two minutes on the clock in, uh, in, uh, in Hollywood to see how that thing would finish. Uh, but to not only take the ball out, but then to, uh, to put it on the turf, it's just, uh, yeah, a pathetic display. And, um, you know, and, and to, to just simply ignore and uh, uh, disobey the coach, um, it's, you know, that should just be enough to, to um, show that either McCarthy has control of the locker room or he doesn't. If you can get away with that type of behavior in a crucial moment of a game for a third string running back, then, uh, then I think that's a sign of a deeper problem. So, yeah, I thought that he definitely had to, uh, had to, they had to move on. And clearly what happened, it, uh, it spoke loudly throughout the league. I mean, to not even be able to garner a pick for this year is, uh, is a telltale. So they're, uh, they're getting a 2020, uh, seventh round pick. And, uh, and really they were fortunate to even get that. Moving on to HaHa Clint Dix, um, your reaction to his uh, trade, and, and more importantly, what do the Packers do to replace him? Because I don't think there's an obvious succession plan here. There's lots of directions the Packers could go, but where will they go here in the short term? You know, first, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to see HaHa go. It was the right business move by Goodikinst. I definitely believe that. It was clear that HaHa was gone after the year, and since the Packers will, you'd you'd like to believe, be uh, be aggressive in free agency, it's highly unlikely that the Packers would have even received a compensatory pick for him. Uh, so to be able to to secure a fourth round pick, and Gutekunst has a he really seems to have a plan to try to rebuild this defense in quick fashion, and uh, this just seems like it's one move uh, along the uh, along that, that 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 puzzle, if you will, but. I just I think the thing that is most exciting about this trade is that it really allows uh, Petten to show his creativity and his imagination. And they've got options, and I think that it might be less set in stone as to who's going to be out on defense on, uh, on on third downs. We've seen a lot of dime defense, and we could still see that. We could see a lot of Breland. Um, you could see, you know, Jackson barely played last week, and he's had some impressive moments over the first half of the season. So you should see him him a little bit more on the field. It's clear that Tremont's role has changed, moving him into the slot, and he just doesn't seem to have the speed to play in the perimeter anymore. So I I, I wonder if uh, he could possibly be be uh, uh, seeing some snaps at, at safety. Uh, Petten has, has talked at great length about, uh, you know, Whitehead and his ability to master uh, his his ability to master the uh, the system, so to speak. But Brian, one game I keep coming back to. It's um, uh, anytime I've I've been looking at this team throughout the year and just struggling with our lack of pass rush that that we've uh, we've had for essentially all season. Maybe with the exception of of uh, you know this Rams game, we 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 did get in Goff's face frequently. But I keep going back to the time you were actually we were sitting on a couch together watching the Cincinnati Bengals game last year, and Josh Jones was coming on all those blitzes, and he was making I think he had double digit tackles, and he uh, he had two two and a half sacks, something like that, and he and he truly impacted the game. And I've just wondered if you know we might see him on the field as an attacking player in the box, uh, seeing snaps where you know there wasn't maybe room for him and Haha. On the uh, on the field at the same time, 
And uh, I wonder if he could be potentially somebody that sees more snaps and uh, with the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the trade of, of HaHa. And then finally, you know, you can also throw Burks into the equation as well to where, you know, we might see more two linebacker and two inside linebacker sets than what we've, uh, we've seen throughout. And they try to use the physicality and the speed that Brooks, Burks brings to, the, brings to the table. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that as they, they try to get a little bigger and tougher and uh, I thought that, that Martinez did such a fantastic job on the inside blitzes, and I wondered if we could see maybe a little of Burks and Martinez then on a, on a double inside blitz with two inside linebackers. But I, So I, I guess, long story short, Pettin's going to have options, and that's got to be exciting. Uh, just to throw this back at you, you, you talked about a lot of options here about Josh Jones and, and Oren Burks. But, I mean, th- these guys cannot play deep free safety. You know, that doesn't fit their mentality. That's the one thing Haha ha Clinton Dix was his role on the team. He maybe always didn't do it perfect. But, uh, I mean, who's going to fill that role to be the free safety? Your prototypical free safety. You know, I don't know that he's on the roster. I think that you're going to see Whitehead and you're going to see Williams, Trevon playing, uh, uh, being the two guys that are going to going to rotate between that position. And we've seen that, you know, when Bryce has played in uh, deep center field, he just he just can't do it. He's lost. So, uh, you know, I, I really believe that that you might see, um, you know, somebody like Tremont or somebody like Whitehead that is going to fill that role. Um, and, you know, this this move did not surprise Patton. This move did not surprise McCarthy. They've known that this was part of the game plan for weeks. And, uh, and, and it would be my guess that they've been planning and preparing for this since before the bye. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think HaHa Clindix was in the long-term plans for the Green Bay Packers, so I can see that. Big picture here, Scott. Can the Packers' defense keep up the level they played at on Sunday when they made definite improvement? Maybe not. They weren't uh, the 85 Bears out there, but they made improvement. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely weren't the 85 Bears, but it was an impressive performance, and Patton really did a fantastic job with ensuring that the defense was – they were prepared, and the players played with confidence. They were inspired. And that motivation truly turned into some uh, some really tremendous individual performances. And the players who were supposed to be making plays, they made plays on Sunday. You know, Kenny Clark, Pro Bowl quality player, he played like it on Sunday. Blake Martinez, you know, top tier inside linebacker, potentially played like it on Sunday. Um, Jair Alexander, uh, he showed why Gutekunst was so aggressive in trading up to get him. Uh, Kevin King making plays on the outside in both the run and, and, and run game and in the pass game. Uh, you know, he looked like a, a guy that should have been a top, uh, you know, 35 pick in the draft. And then, you, you know, one thing that we hadn't gotten much of this year is both Mike Daniels and Clay Matthews played pretty well on Sunday. So, you know, if they can carry that forward and if Nick Perry uh, were to decide to show up to the party, um, and take uh, take his his uh, his level of intensity up a notch. Yes, you know I, I believe that if the preparations there and the motivation remains what it was on Sunday, I think this defense could continue uh, with that type of performance. And the other thing that I keep holding out hope is, don't you have a feeling that Alexander is going to finish with four to five interceptions on this year? Uh, you know, wouldn't you like to believe that Kevin King has a couple more interceptions? You know, when we when we got Tremont back, Tremont Williams is going to pick off some passes this year. 
I just think that there's turnovers, you know, yet for us to be able to, uh, to, 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 to grab this year before this thing's over. Some true game-changing plays from the defense uh, that's really going to turn the tide on a close game. I kept waiting for it in the fourth quarter of that Rams game. It didn't come. But uh, I do believe that this defense has um, some big-time turnovers coming up here in the coming weeks. I hope that's the case, and I hope maybe Jack's Josh Jackson is among them to those names you added as well. Um, we talked a lot about defense here, Scott, on offense. Why can't the Packers' offense get Jimmy Graham the ball more than once a game? I, I know they have in the past, but this past Sunday they didn't. And, and why can't they get Mercedes Lewis the ball at all? Zero receptions on the season? You know, it's it was a really frustrating day at the office for the offense. There's there's no doubt. Uh, and in general, I'd like to think that Lewis and Graham are, you know, if they're not the big-time player between the 20s that they once were, they, they should at least be the solution to the red zone struggles that we've seen in the early part of the season. Uh, both have the size that presents, you know, significant matchup problems, which is where you know, the red zone is a, is a spot that you can really target those big guys where they can either box you out or out jump uh, uh, somebody that, that might be smaller than them. And that's been frustrating that they haven't been utilizing either of those players as much as you'd like uh, when they've got not just inside the 20, but inside the 25 yard line where we consistently seem to settle for field goals. And uh, it, I will say that, you know, and, and, and I'm not hating on Graham or Lewis, but it does feel like in the open field, uh, both seem to have lost a step, and uh, and they might not be separating as much as we we may have expected to uh, uh, them to at the uh, before the season. And then one other thing that I think ties into this is we have to give kudos to you know the two young rookie receivers, ESB and MVS. They've they've stolen snaps and uh, they've stolen reps and they've stolen maybe Rogers' attention and 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 trust, if you will. Uh, you know, now maybe all of this changes where the game becomes, uh, you know, as the weather cools and the uh, the playing surface uh, slows down. And, you know, if, if Graham and, and, and Lewis can plot their way through the mud a little bit better than the quicker guys on the outside, maybe we see them a little bit more as, as the season changes. But uh, for right now, if I'm designing this offense and I'm between the 20s, I'm looking to get the ball into my young speedsters on the outside. I'm looking to get the ball into jones's hands and i'm looking to get the ball into obviously adams's hands and those are and and you can't you can't forget allison and cobb there too so i think just a um, um you know in between the 20s you look at the the style of athlete that we've got on the outside and then behind rogers in the backfield you know you got to wonder where do you rank graham and where do you rank uh where do you rank lewis there and it, i think it's pretty low on the totem pole fair enough um i just think that Graham should have more than one reception seeing as how big he is but I get where you're coming from Scott quick before you go do you have a prediction for the game at New England I think the Packers are going to win the game Brian and uh, uh, you know I think that they're going to be able to attack the outside of uh, of, of of New England's defense uh, you know New England is is traditionally not been, this year anyways uh, not been a team that actually sacks the quarterback they get a lot of pressure but they haven't been sacking the quarterback. And if the Packers can go to that quick rhythm offense, I think that they can beat the Patriots on the outside and uh, might see Adams having a really big game. Could see another big play out of either MVS or Allison uh, on the outside as well. And I really think that the Packers are going to come out motivated. They're going to come out inspired. 
And uh, I'm going to say something along the lines of a 31-27 Packers victory. Awesome. I hope that's the case. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your insight and your input. As always, be good there, man. All right? Go Pack Go, Brian. Go Pack Go. Thank you to Scott McKenna, the Talk and Smack blog, for joining us here at Railbird Central on a Tuesday evening here at Beer Rock. Let's get to our mailbag. Ben, turning it over to you. I'm back. From Peter Isles on Twitter, tongue-in-cheek. Ty Montgomery, worst human being alive or worst human being ever? That's tough. I mean, okay. First of all, Peter Isles keeps getting on this show, (laughs) and he's trolling us hardcore. Okay, in response to him, I would like to list these names, okay? If he's, got, if he's the worst person, then what do you do with Khloe Kardashian, the Papa John's guy, Ken Kratz, Joe Rogan, the person that keeps driving down my suburban road with his brights on, Troy Aikman, Kid Rock, Mufasa, Floyd Merriweather, Theodore Karamazov, Scott Pruitt, and the kids that starve the tricks rabbit to death. <laughs> I, I'll throw another name in there, and it's a Packers-related one. You're you going fact roll on us? No, Martellus Bennett. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> the guy who quit on the team last year? Oh, that's right. <laughs> he was a joke. Yeah, Mike Tellis. Man, I, have so, I was so hype on that guy because he's kind of fun. And he, <laughs> he's the sexy refrigerator from the Bears, you know? Like, he laid an egg for us. Yeah, uh, that's putting it mildly. Uh, I have more vitriol from Martellus Bennett than I do uh, Ty Montgomery. All right, a couple of these other questions were solicited before the trade trade deadline, uh, but we can kind of maybe take that into effect. From Thad Collins on Twitter, is there a shock to the system Mike McCarthy can create that keeps the Packers motivated and playing well throughout the end of the season? Yes. Uh, You remember the catalyst that turned the season around for uh, Cleveland and Major League? Well... (laughs) McCarthy, you know, refresh my memory. Well, they had, they got the, the owner right, and then they got that cardboard cutout, and had these little pieces, and they kept, oh yeah, the every time they won, one, yeah. they got to take a piece off, yeah, right? Of the owner, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So what they need to do is the exact opposite. McCarthy <laughs> should should go to all functions completely nude, and then every time they win, the team gets to come together and and pick out an article of clothing that he has to wear because. I mean, there's nothing that shocks the system more than a buck-ass Mike McCarthy. And, like, do you ever see Gone Girl? you ever see that movie? I mean, Doogie Howser almost gets his genius little head slopped off, but nobody cares, right? It's all because Ben Affleck is in the shower and his little bean is, is hanging there, right? <laughs> like, it's always male nudity that wins out. Covering up Mike McCarthy would motivate me, that's for sure. Heck yes. <laughs> Martellus Bennett might come back on the team. (laughs) Oh, man. Multiple questions from CM Hawkins on Twitter. Number one, is 12, meaning Aaron Rodgers, is 12 throwing Mike McCarthy under the bus in his presser on play calling a sign that Mike McCarthy's done after the season? Oh, my goodness. Who who are we going to have? We're we're, we're cutting people like this is like uh, freaking communist Russia. (laughs) Like, everyone's getting sent to the gulag. I, I do think that Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone is calling for his head. Yeah. This I is mean, a, a league led by passion. Is this a foregone conclusion he's gone? I don't think so. But, I mean, okay, here's the thing. I think yes, because the team is not good enough to, to win him out of this hole. Yeah. Now, now, he might be deserving of it, but, yeah, I 
<laughs> they're not going to win enough games, and if that's where they're at, then, yeah, he's gone, I guess. <laughs> Who are we going to get? That's, that's the thing that worries me. Okay? Yeah. You can't just, like, fall onto a new coach. We might go through a Ray Rhodes era here. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah? I'm throwing it out there. We're pulling him from Michigan? <laughs> Is this you getting back at Peter Isles? He's a huge Wolverine Is fan. He? I'm just throwing it out there. Not that Jim Harbaugh is pretty weird. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that would be weird. Now, that's the kind of guy that would do the whole male nudity thing. <laughs> uh, the second part of the question, as frustrating as the outcome was, can the Green Bay Packers springboard this into a run? Because the defense was rock solid. This has been a highly inconsistent team. I think we showed a lot of growth. But I don't think this was us turning the corner necessarily. You know, this was us showing our potential, not us being like, this is the new norm. Like, we'll see. Yeah. um, I'd like to think they can, but the jury's still out. And I think this next game at New England in primetime is not exactly the best way to get back on track. No, New England... (laughs) There's no better team at prepping for a game, yeah. right? I mean, they're not the they're not the most talented team. Yep. But they show up and they're always well coached and they always got a good game plan. And we're just talking about who's our safety, okay? <laughs> you got two schmoes in a bar talking about who, we don't even know who our safety is. You don't think New England's game plan in that? Yeah, I would think so. Um, from Chris Anderson on Twitter, what spots will each of our 2019 draft be? Packers have two first-rounders in 2019. What are they addressing? This is all you. You live, eat, (laughs) breathe the draft. They need a lot of help in a lot of places. The Packers, I mean, after today, I I don't think there's any bigger hole than there is at the safety position. Right. Uh, They need a pass rusher, which you could maybe argue, like, maybe that's the place the Packers should have addressed today. Maybe instead of getting draft picks, maybe they should have gotten a pass rusher. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and they need offensive line help. They do. I think our offensive line is is, is pretty good. And, I, and I'm not saying it, it doesn't need help, but when we're talking about using a first-round pick, I mean, it, it does kind of depend in, in my philosophy as what's the best talent available. you yeah. got all these holes. You just pick the one that you got the best fit for. That's how I would do it, but. When healthy, four out of the five positions on the line are pretty darn good, yeah. right guard being the exception. But you also got to factor in how much longer does Brian Balaga have. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they may need a starting right tackle as soon as 2019. I don't know. Um, from Wisconsin guy in Minnesota on Twitter, WI guy in MN, he asks, what would it take to get Lambeau that loud? What, what would it take to get Lambeau louder? I, th- I think he's frustrated that Lambeau Field is not a intimidating place to play. Oh, I mean, every time I've been there, it's been plenty loud. But, okay, if we want to make it louder, then you, dollar beer night, 75-degree <laughs> weather, and Manny Machado in a Bears uniform. I guarantee <laughs> you that place is going to be rocking. <laughs> Manny Machado in a Bears uniform. Yeah, uh, the Brewers tried dollar beer night back in the 70s or something. Maybe it was even cheaper than that. They end up in a riot? Was that like a new high for like murders in <laughs> Milwaukee? What happened? I can't remember the exact, but uh, there was a lot of dollar beer sold and a lot of uh, drunken rowdiness. Yeah, I, I suppose that you know the alcohol might actually quiet us down eventually. Yeah. You know the consumption's not going to stop. Anyway. 
I, I, I don't think Lambeau Field is that bad. I, I mean, considering that, you know, this is not college football. This is not like Death Valley in LSU where things are really taken up to another level. It seems like every NFL team has that kind of corporate feel to it, that kind of like just brings down the level a little bit. But also, like, when you get to that level, you're talking about guys that aren't going to, like, bow under that pressure, right? Yeah. You know, like, you think Aaron Rodgers cares how loud it gets? <laughs> like, don't fool yourself. Yeah. You know, you're not going to, like, maybe when Josh Rosen comes to town and, yeah. and it could be quiet as a library and then we're going to kick Rosen's butt. <laughs> so I don't know. They don't need to get any louder. Before we go, predictions for Week 9, Packers, Patriots. Ben, your thoughts on what lies ahead for the – I know you've alluded to it already, but – What have I alluded to? I forgot already. The Packers-Patriots game oh, coming up. Yeah, well, I didn't know I alluded to it. I think they're going to lose, unfortunately. I, I think Robert Kraft's going to be there in a power collar, and I'm going to continue <laughs> to play my custom Robert Kraft drinking game, which is every time I see Robert Kraft, I take a drink to wash out the taste of vomit in my mouth because he always <laughs> makes me throw up. Um, I think Michaels and Collinsworth are going to draw straws for each starting QB and then race each other in verbal lathering towards climax. Spoiler alert, early in the second half, Brady will feather one like right over Martinez's fingers, and Collinsworth will be forced to lay on the cough button for four and a half seconds and shudder out a praise that will shock even his co-host. <laughs> like, it's going to be crazy. You know, the amount of Brady-Rogers talk is it's going to be insane. <laughs> They've already, NBC's already come up with a promo featuring Michael Jordan, oh you know, God. promoting there, this game. Are they going to do like a five-part miniseries leading up to this game? <laughs> oh, man. Number 12. <laughs> I hate that about the NFL in general, like that the only analysis you can ever get, like turn on ESPN, turn on first take, yeah, listen to Skip Bayless. They're talking about, he basically, they talk about five quarterbacks on, on a loop. Yeah, you, it's, <laughs> they'll talk about Breeze and Brady and Rodgers and maybe about two other guys, yeah. and it's just continuous. It's like us weekly covering sports. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is Taylor Swift and <laughs> Tom Brady's Kim Kardashian. But and I, I also think it's going to be frustrating. We're going to watch Brady sit in that perfect pocket that he has lived his whole career in, back on those legs that like are not even functional. He doesn't have bones in there anymore. It's just like jelly donut filling and like used stretch armstrong dolls that he's perched <laughs> up on and he's just gonna sit there and pick us apart unfortunately it'll be close though because their defense is poor yeah i think maybe the packers can make a game out of it like they did the rams but ultimately i think it's going to be a loss and i could be wrong but uh that's where we're at with this green bay packers team you know what here's a business idea i think we can make a lot of money if we sold mike mccarthy voodoo dolls right now yeah because everyone is there's a lot of hate going around, you know? <laughs> Voodoo dolls. But, but you, Put pins in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah just like stabbing his eyes. What yeah. a terrible call. <laughs> Running it out of your one. <laughs> do, you, do you, like, wait till after the game's over to stab it? I mean, we you want him to be coherent during the game, oh, right? You can't quell that that, that passion. <laughs> or you can, if you're the kind of person that has a voodoo doll that you're stabbing to try and get, like, immediate karmic revenge, you're not waiting until the end. You're not being logical about that, all right? You are working the groin from kickoff to final whistle. All right, Mike McCarthy voodoo dolls. We'll end on that note. On behalf of everyone at B-Rock, thank you for joining us today. Uh, this has been fun, Ben. Yeah, who's, who's getting the can? I, say, well, I wish the, the trade deadline could happen all over again. <laughs> yeah. So juicy. 
What, if, what was this? Ba- Packers made two trades. Was this baseball? Trades never happen. I'm not used to this. I'm yeah. used to the old Skeletor mode of thought. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in here at Cheesehead TV. Uh, we'll talk to you later, and I leave you today with a song called Valley of the Jig by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> okay.